0: It's me, Dan, from Harmontown. You can hear episodes of our show and 30 others before anyone else on TuneIn First Play. The TuneIn app is a free mobile audio app available across iOS, Android, and Windows. Podcast superfans get even more from their favorite shows. For four weeks, new episodes of Harmontown will be available a full 24 hours early, exclusively on TuneIn. Podcasts will release their new episodes early, including feral audio shows like Drinky Fun Time, Dome People Town, and Natural. But. Tune in is also full of content like live sports, news, music, and audiobooks. Get the next episode of Harmontown right now at the TuneIn app at tunein.com/slash Harmontown. Feral Audio.
1: PRA, Public Radio America. It's like a tote bag for your ears.
0: Welcome to another episode of Fill in the Blanks, the radio program that fills in the blanks of the secret histories of the world's biggest celebrities. Part of the PRA Network, I'm your host, Crispin Sandywin. Today on Fill in the Blanks, we reveal the hidden story of country music superstar and actor Tim McGraw. Join us as PRA presents Tim McGraw, Son of Two Scarecrows. Samuel Timothy McGraw was born on May 1st, 1967, in Delhi, Louisiana, on a wheat farm. He was the first and only child of Mermit Tug McGraw and Taddy McGraw. His father was a famous scarecrow who earned a living as an avian fear technician at a local baseball field.
1: Hey crows, go on get. They're trying to play some baseball. Another job well done.
0: Tug worked long hours to provide for his family, often working doubles and even triples. As a result, Tug didn't see his son much at all. The absence of a strong male role model would continue to shape Tim's life. Taddy, Tim's mother, was a house scarecrow, tending to her son by cooking, cleaning, and scaring crows around the home. Hey, crows, get out of my house. As a child, little Timothy idolized the character Scarecrow from the classic movie, The Wizard of Oz. Up until that time, Timothy had never seen a Scarecrow sing. The performance inspired him and planted in him the seed to become an entertainer.
1: Daddy, I'd like to sing one day.
0: His father never really accepted this inclination towards the arts, and he scolded him at a young age.
1: The McGraws ain't nothing but no good scarecrows and also one half of a textbook company. Look it up.
0: Tug developed a drinking problem and grew distant from his family. I need a drink. He began sleeping with a woman who owned a flannel shirt store across town. After two passionate nights of infidelity, Tug packed up and abandoned his family. Tim was just four years old. Where are you going, Tug? You got a family to provide for. I'm going to get my stick wet." A short time later, Taddy remarried. Her new husband and Tim's stepfather was a pile of pumpkins named Gordon Smith. To avoid the stigma of divorce, Taddy raised Timothy to believe that Gordon was his real father. Taddy clearly had a type, as her new husband also had a serious drinking problem and hated music.
1: God, I hate this music shit almost as much as I love beer.
0: At the age of 11, while digging through the barn attic, Tim would discover his birth certificate with the shocking fact, scarecrows have birth certificates. Also this documentation revealed that his real father was not Gordon, and was in fact Tug. This enraged Tim, who felt betrayed by both men. That night, Tim confronted Gordon, who was still drunk from Cinco de Mayo last year. The argument escalated quickly.
1: You're just a brainless scarecrow. I hate you. Get. Go on, get.
0: You want a pushing contest, you got it. The scene quickly turned tragic. What really transpired in the attic is unclear as the official police report of that night conflict with an eyewitness account from a local chicken. What is known for sure is that on that fateful night in 1979, Tim pushed Gordon out of a second story window, badly smashing half of his delicate pumpkin body. Gordon would never fully recover because he died. Due to this violent event, Tim was sent to a school for troubled kids, where he spent most of his teenaged years. He no longer believed he could become a singer like he had always dreamed. Gordon's constant bigotry left Tim hampered with self-loathing.
1: You're just a brainless scarecrow!
0: He hated that he was a scarecrow so much, he became addicted to lighting up, the bits of straw that made up his body. He continued his burnout lifestyle into one semester of community college at a branch campus of Strawford University. One night, during a self-burning bender, a curtain in Tim's dorm room accidentally caught fire. His college roommate, a big-city stack of copying papers named Tommy the Xerox, died in that fire. While the Xerox family chose not to press charges, the incident shook Tim to his scratchy core. The situation was all too familiar. Tim had killed again.
1: We've got an 1144, except with paper.
0: Tim's life had been wrought with difficulty. From his troubles with alcoholic father figures, to the people he had hurt, to the denial of his scarecrow roots, and running away from music, Tim could take it no longer. He knew what he had to do. It was time to face the music. McGraw dropped out of college and began playing jugs and other hick shit in local country bands. Channeling his hero, the Scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz, Tim gained a following and assembled his own backing band, The Stuffins. They soon cut a demo tape above a local barn and shopped it around. Executives took notice of their authentic barnyard sound, which was inescapable because they recorded it in a barn. One week later, in 1990, everything was about to change for Tim McGraw, thanks to a single telegram from Curb Records.
1: Dear Tim, we love your sound. How would you like to be signed by Curb Records? Yes, THE Curb Records.
0: This small-town scarecrow from the City of Hay was on a train to the City of Rocks, Nashville, Tennessee. Upon arriving in Nashville, Tim quickly learned that the world outside of Louisiana was very, very different. Though the people of Nashville had grown to love Tim McGraw's spooky scarecrow sound, he was unable to break through to the mainstream. McGraw was mostly relegated to playing small gigs in wheat fields during harvest season. Songs like I Keep It Under My Hat and Tears in the Rain just didn't catch on with an audience that couldn't relate to songs about being a scarecrow. The final nail in the coffin was a Rolling Stone review that gave the album a disappointing, too scary. They thought it was too scary. Down in the dumps and now stricken with wood mice, Tim was about to give up on his dreams of country music stardom for good. But then, in his most desperate of times, a hand reached down and pulled McGraw's 15-pound, 8-ounce scarecrow body out of the gutter. That hand belonged to record producer Byron Gallimore. (laughs) Dear Tim, I love your sound. How would you like to be produced by Byron Gallimore? Yes, the Byron Gallimore. That'd be great. I'm glad you like my sound. Timmy baby, you've got potential, but your sound scares people. Plus, all your hay keeps on rustling into the microphone. Byron convinced Tim to lose the tattered flannel, cover up his loose straw, and replace his beat up hat with a brand new Stetson. But most importantly, to stop scaring people. The result? The 1994 number one album, Not a Moment Too Soon. But the road to success is known to loop back every once in a while. Tim found this out firsthand when suddenly his father, Tug, had re entered his life.
1: Son, I need your help. Can you float me a few bucks? <clears throat>
0: Tug was light on cash, reeking of booze, and falling apart at the seams, literally. At the request of Byron, Tim turned his back on his father. The American people were his family now, and Tim just didn't have room in his life for a freeloading, alcoholic, scarecrow dad.
1: Sorry, Tug, I can't help, I'm famous now.
0: Tim was feeling comfortable in his new life as a country music star. He had no regrets moving from the Dust Bowl fields and flocks of crows he had scared in his youth to the hills of Hollywood, California.
1: The only crow I'll be scaring here is Cheryl Crow. Hey Cheryl Crow, get out of my yard. Go on, get.
0: Sorry. Things were looking up for McGraw. He finally got an operation, like many Hollywood celebrities, to have his wood mice removed. It wasn't long in California before McGraw met, fell in love with, and married fellow country singer Faith Hill. We're married now. But even with his newfound success, Tim just couldn't shake the fact that he missed his simple scarecrow life he had left behind. They say success changes a man, and success changed this country sack of hay into a country mega-super-duper star. McGraw's ride at the top was short-lived. In 2000, McGraw got invited to the Country Music Awards. Dear Tim, we
1: love your sound. How would you like to be at the Country Music Awards? Yes, the
0: Country Music Awards. Backstage at the Country Music Awards, McGraw finally got the opportunity to meet his childhood hero, the Scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz. McGraw approached him, happy to say a few words of admiration for the hero he so idolized. But when the man turned, all Tim saw was a stranger. Gone were the bits of straw sticking out of his sleeve and the tattered clothes. All he saw was a barely recognizable face of the hero he idolized in his youth. Tim was stunned and addressed him cautiously. Scarecrow?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm not really a scarecrow. That was just a silly movie role. Autograph?
0: McGraw was shaken to his very stuffing. This meeting would mark a notable turn in McGraw's life. His childhood hero wasn't a scarecrow at all, but an ordinary man. A man who, like so many of McGraw's disappointing mentors before, was an alcoholic.
1: If I only had a drink. Oh, wait.
0: McGraw retreated to the studio to work on his next album, but the mood quickly turned dark. McGraw had prepped new songs featuring heavier subject matter, like I Really Don't Have a Brain and I'm Full of Straw and Horseshit. PRA would like to warn you that the program gets a little graphic here, so if you have children listening with you, you may want to skip ahead about two minutes. McGraw's inner turmoil continued to engulf him. He reached an all-time low during a heated argument, or yellin' match, with his new wife, Faith Hill. We're fighting now! Tim left her in the middle of the night. He was later caught getting blackout drunk and spending time in one of Nashville's seediest all-crow brothels, Hard Squawks. Drunk and now cheating on his wife, Tim McGraw had become the thing he hated most. He had become his father.
1: The McGraws ain't nothing but no good scarecrows, and also one half of a textbook company.
0: McGraw was picked up by the police and taken to jail. He spent the night crying in his cell. When he posted bail the next morning, McGraw had numerous missed calls from back home. The first several were from his mother. She told him his father, Tug, whom McGraw had recently pushed out of his life and not a window, Had died. This news was only made worse when he continued to listen to the messages and found out the next five were to tell him that his mother had also died. All hope it seemed was lost for Tim McGraw. Faith Hill decided to let McGraw back into her life even in his darkest hour. We're still married now! For the first time in a scarecrow life Tim had experienced true love and support. He went into hiding with Faith Hill to attempt a recovery, but even with her support, McGraw was in a state of full depression. This lasted nearly six months, until McGraw got the kick in the burlap sack he needed. One night, Tim saw a young scarecrow down the street being bullied by a group of street toughs. I
1: hope you don't get hay fever, hey boy.
0: Yeah, what are you going to do about it, scarecrow? It was in this moment that McGraw finally stepped up and did what he was born to do, scare. But McGraw didn't have to scare anyone. The street toughs were so impressed that the Tim McGraw was there, they backed off the young scarecrow immediately. Emboldened by their reverence, Tim McGraw said something he hadn't said in nearly 15 years. I'm a scarecrow. The street toughs' jaws dropped. Whoa! Tim McGraw, a scarecrow. They left the kid alone and retreated with a newfound sense of respect for scarecrows. McGraw dusted the young scarecrow off, helped him to his feet, gave him a hug, and sent him on his way. That young scarecrow's name? Paul Dano.
1: Now you get go on, get.
0: Okay, bye. McGraw was re-energized like never before and ready to get back into the studio. He was determined to make an album that would inspire scarecrows to be true to themselves. McGraw wanted to be the mentor that the scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz couldn't be for him. McGraw invited over 30 crows to the studio and played his heart out at them. The crows were so scared, all 30 of them died. From the crows' perspective, this was like shooting fish in a barrel. But for McGraw, this act of animal cruelty was invigorating. After killing many, many more crows, McGraw released the first single from his new album, Live Like You Were Dying. It reached number one on the country billboard music charts and held that position for seven weeks. He would later win a Grammy for best male country vocal performance for Live Like You Were Dying. And while people loved it, crows were scared to death of it, literally. The worldwide crow population dipped 15% in the six months after the album was released. Tim McGraw had finally achieved his goal. Tim McGraw changed the music industry forever, opening doors for musicians from all walks of life. From scarecrows, to werewolves, to a talking chair named Lady Gaga. No voice would be shut out of the music industry any longer. I did it! McGraw would later parlay his musical success into acting. McGraw was the first scarecrow to play a non-villain in beloved classic movies like Four Christmases and Tomorrowland. He also starred in this turd of a movie called The Blind Side. McGraw now spends much of his time doing philanthropic work. In 2008, he started a nonprofit organization working with inner city scarecrows to help keep them off sticks. Thanks to McGraw's tireless scarecrow activism, a new generation of scarecrows are taking the music world by storm. Acts like Rascal Flats, Luke Bryan, and Lana Del Rey have all been inspired by McGraw. And yes, They are all, in fact, scarecrows. But, of course, their stories are for another day. Thanks for listening to Tim McGraw, Son of Two Scarecrows, on Fill in the Blanks. Fill in the Blanks was researched and written by Joey Clift, Nick Gligger, and Steven Perlstein. If you'd like to support the show, please do so by telling your friends, human or scarecrow.
1: Dear friend, I love their sound. How would you like to listen to Fill in the Blanks? Yes, the fill in
0: the blanks. Next time on Fill in the Blanks, we'll tell the story of Vin Diesel in Vin Diesel, I'm Made of Cancer. For the PRA Network, I'm Crispin Sandywin. Good night. This podcast
1: is brought to you by FeralAudio.com, fiercely independent podcasts, home of Town, Call Chelsea Peretti, Mystic Party, and more. You can donate at our show page at FeralAudio.com or use our Amazon affiliate link when shopping on Amazon. Public Radio America. You're smarter already.
0: Zero Audio. I can't believe how cold it is. It's so cold. Are you fucking here. serious? Don't you I to I'm going to look at you so not, say so not I'm so so I'm good. Good. I not